0: Today's podcast features an article from Discern Magazine. We are currently doing a series on the life of Jesus Christ. But before we dive into Christ's public ministry, we need to take a slight detour and look at the life of another individual first. The coming of the Christ didn't happen in isolation. God sent a very special person ahead of him, a person we know as John the Baptist, Now, who was this man, and what was his purpose? We're introduced to the parents of John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1. Without reading through it all in this program, here are a few of the highlights. John the Baptist's father was Zacharias. Now, Zacharias was a Levite, which meant he was a priest who served in the temple. Zacharias was married to a woman named Elizabeth, but we're told she was unable to bear children. Elizabeth now was actually a relative perhaps a cousin of Mary, who would become Jesus Christ's mother. This means that John the Baptist and Jesus were also related, likely second or third cousins. Now, when we look at the marriage of Zacharias and Elizabeth, from everything that we're told, they were an exemplary couple. We're told in Luke chapter 1, verse 6 that they were both righteous before God, meaning they both were excellent examples of God's way of life as they understood it. This shows that they grew together in God's way of life as a couple. This family environment would have been a key part of John's preparation for his unique ministry. God selected a couple that set a powerful example for John. Now, John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus, so he was six months older. Now, we don't have the time in this program to go into it, but John the Baptist's birth actually gives us a rough general time period of when Jesus would have been born. To learn more about that, go to Life, Hope, and Truth and search for our article, John the Baptist, No Greater Prophet. Now let's transition to the purpose of John's ministry. John's specific purpose, given to him by God, was to prepare the way for the Messiah. You can read the details of how that was revealed to Zechariah in Luke one verses eight through twenty-five. I strongly encourage you to read that on your own. But here is a summary of what the angel revealed about John's calling and purpose. Remember, this was revealed even before John was born. Number one, the angel revealed that John wouldn't drink alcohol throughout his life. He was to abstain from many of the normal physical pleasures of life. Perhaps this was so that he had no distractions and could dedicate himself solely to his mission and purpose, which was very specific. Now, of course, just as a side note, the Bible doesn't forbid people from drinking alcohol in moderation. This was specifically a command for John because of his special, unique calling. Number two, the angel revealed that his ministry was to help orient people's minds to God. So he was to help people refocus on God in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. Number three, that he would prepare the people to hear and receive the words of the Christ who would come after him. So he was to prepare by preaching a similar message, and also that connects with the second point, to reorient people's minds to God. And number four, he would be a fulfillment of the Elijah prophecy found back in the Old Testament in Malachi 3 verse 1 and Malachi 4 verse 5. So his ministry would be a type of Elijah's ministry. We also find that he was to fulfill another Old Testament prophecy found in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verse 3. That prophecy reads, "...the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God." Now, this prophecy is very directly applying to John the Baptist, and that prophecy says that John the Baptist would prepare a highway for our God. That's a clear reference to Jesus Christ. And this scripture is one of many scriptures that prove Jesus Christ was God. He was Emmanuel, God in the flesh. He was divine. There are many scriptures that prove that, and this is one of them. So John the Baptist was given the unique job of heralding Christ's first coming and alerting the people of their need to repent and listen to Christ when he came. Now let's take a look at John the Baptist's lifestyle and ministry because this is what many people think about when they think about John the Baptist. They have an image in their head of someone who's uh, a loner, secluded, very odd, has an odd diet. But let's look at that. We don't know too much about his personal life. The Bible doesn't give us a definitive biography of John the Baptist. We do know that his parents provided him a strong education in the scriptures and set an excellent example. Now, when he was growing up, people wouldn't have known him as John the Baptist. He would have simply been known as a child as John Bar Zacharias or John the son of Zacharias. But his calling and purpose and lifestyle was going to be much different than that of his father. Instead of beginning training in the temple service like his father did, He began a unique ministry and led a very unique lifestyle. We read about that in Mark 1, verse 6. It reads, Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Though this description may seem odd when viewed through 21st century eyes, it was customary dress for ancient prophets. It wouldn't have seemed that odd at that time in that place. His clothing and lifestyle were to symbolize his separation from the surrounding culture, as well as the fact that his life was to be solely dedicated to his mission. It's also not a coincidence that his attire resembled what Elijah was said to have worn in 2 Kings 1 verse 8, because he was, again, a fulfillment of the prophecy of a coming Elijah. We read about that in Matthew 11 verses 13 through 14. When we look at what we do know about John's life and ministry, we read about crowds of people coming and listening to and heeding his message. It says even including tax collectors and soldiers. Now, these were professionals, leaders of that time. For those kind of people to take John seriously... And respond to his message meant that his preaching must have been very compelling and that he wasn't regarded as some radically unstable, alienated, and lonesome preacher, as movies often portray him. No, he came with a message, he had a compelling message, and people paid attention to it. Not everybody, of course, but some people did pay attention to his message. Another interesting fact about John's ministry is that he was often surrounded by a group of disciples. Yes, he led disciples. He had students who would follow him and learn from him, meaning that he led a formal educational effort. This is just more evidence to show that John the Baptist wasn't some kind of crazy loner preacher out in the wilderness by himself all the time, preaching a message that nobody listened to. No, he had followers, he had disciples, and he also had people who listened to him and responded to his message. But what about baptism? He's he's called John the Baptist. Well, that was because he had the practice of baptizing people. We read in Mark 1 verse 4, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Now, historical findings have shown that the Jews practiced various ritual washings before the institution of New Testament baptism. But John's baptism, full immersion in water, including repentance, is the first time this ceremony is specifically mentioned in the Bible. Now, it's important to emphasize that repentance was connected with John's baptism. Repentance was a core element of the message that he preached. Now, his teaching on repentance wasn't just about feeling sorry for one's sins. There are many misconceptions about repentance today, just feeling guilty. No, but John's preaching on repentance was a repentance that led to change. In fact, we read in Luke 3 verse 8 that he commanded people to bear fruits worthy of repentance. That means change your life, have evidence of a changed way of life. That's basically the message that John preached. Change the way you live in preparation for the Messiah. And, of course, we read that many people listened and were baptized. So John's preaching on repentance, again, turning from sin and changing one's life, would prepare people to receive Jesus' message because repentance was a major part of the message of Jesus Christ and what he taught. He taught repentance and change, but at a much even greater depth than John the Baptist did. Now, one more interesting thing about baptism as it relates to John, he had a unique privilege, a unique blessing that only one man in all of human history has had. John the Baptist baptized God. Yes, you heard me right. John the Baptist baptized God. He baptized Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh. We read about that in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 22. Although John was initially reluctant, he was initially very uncomfortable with the idea of baptizing Jesus, Jesus insisted that it had to be done. Now, Jesus wasn't baptized for the forgiveness of sins. He, he had no sins to be forgiven. He lived a completely sinless life. But he was baptized to set an example for those who would strive to walk as he walked. So going forward, disciples of Jesus Christ who repented and changed their lives and committed to the Christian way of life would be baptized. John baptizing Jesus Christ underscores the truth that baptism is an essential part of the true Christian calling. Now, another thing we read about John is that some people even wondered if he was the Christ, if he was the Messiah. But we read that John was very quick to point them away from himself and toward Jesus of Nazareth. John was very clear that he was not the prophesied Messiah. He made absolutely clear that his work was in no way comparable to or in any competition with the much greater work that Jesus Christ would do. In fact, at one point, as Jesus' ministry was beginning, John's disciples came to John and informed him that people were starting to gravitate towards Jesus rather than John. And John's disciples were concerned that John was losing his following, but John's response demonstrated just how well he understood his mission and the deep humility the man had. We read in John 3, verses 30 through 31, that John said, he told his disciples, He must increase, talking about Jesus. Jesus must increase, but I, John, must decrease. He who comes from above or from heaven is above all, including himself. What an incredible statement of humility. John directed people not towards himself, but away from himself. He directed people toward the true Christ, toward God in the flesh. He made no attempt to compete with Christ or to draw attention back to himself. He had the deep humility to recognize that his ministry needed to start winding down as Jesus' ministry started winding up and end so that the Messiah and his work could take center stage. So let's now wrap up this episode by considering the legacy and example of John the Baptist. Shortly before Jesus began preaching in Galilee, John was arrested and imprisoned for denouncing a flagrant sin that was being committed by, by a leader in that area, Herod the Tetrarch. After about a year or so in prison, he was sadly and tragically decapitated for what we read was a very petty and tragic reason. And you can read the details about that in Mark chapter six, verses twenty two through twenty-eight. But what is important to note is how highly Jesus respected John the Baptist, his cousin. He went so far to say that John was God's greatest prophet in Luke 7 verse 28. Now, when you consider all the prophets we read about in the Old Testament, people like Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, those were incredibly faithful prophets who preached God's message to his people in incredibly zealous and courageous ways. But Jesus pointed people to John and said he was the greatest of all of God's prophets. So that is perhaps one of the greatest compliments anyone could ever receive from the Son of God. John was a very special person. And I think the respect that Jesus showed for John confirms the benefits of searching John's life for lessons. Though it is true that certain aspects of John's life were specific to his calling and shouldn't be imitated today, there are some key lessons we can learn from this great man. So let's close this episode with three of those lessons. Number one, John's life centered around pointing people toward Jesus Christ. The lesson for us is that we should live our life the same way, striving through our conduct and our words to direct people towards the one whose example we follow, not towards ourself. And this requires a deep level of humility, an essential virtue of true Christianity, and a virtue that was very well personified in the life of John the Baptist. Lesson number two, John stood out from the world around him. You and I are not called to live out in the wilderness, to live on a diet of locusts and to wear camel's hair. That was a specific calling for John the Baptist at a specific time. But we are called to be different. We're called to be different through our conduct. That is what is to set us apart from the world around us, how we live our life. When people truly strive to walk as Christ walked, they will be different from the world around them, just like John the Baptist was. And lesson number three, John's life mission was to proclaim God's truth to others. He tried to reach as many people as possible with the message of repentance and the message that the Messiah was coming. Today, the Church of God, the people of God, have a very similar responsibility. We are to announce the good news of the kingdom of God, the good news of Christ's second coming, and help people prepare for it. And you can be a part of that work today. So to wrap this up, my friends, John the Baptist lived a short life, but every indication shows that he lived it well and he fulfilled the unique calling God gave him. He is a worthy example to consider as we strive to walk just as his cousin, Jesus, walked. For the Discern podcast, I'm Eric Jones. Thanks for listening. For more information from today's featured article, visit lifehopeandtruth.com.